Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I believe I have some direction for our church. And I feel in the Holy Ghost that I'll be preaching on this topic for a good while. And uh, I'm going to push back the Bible study that I was planning on starting Tuesday night because I'm going to be preaching about this for the next few weeks until the Lord releases me from it. The book of 1 Kings chapter 19, the book of 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also If I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it's enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a juniper tree. Behold, an angel, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he took him. Behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Amen. Let's just put our Bibles down, our iPads down just for a few minutes and let's just talk to the Lord and ask him to come into this place to speak to our hearts today. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are in desperate need of a particular Lord Jesus anointing, an anointing Lord for this hour. God, I pray today that you would help us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to fall into your arms today. Lord, overshadow us, God, with your glory in Jesus' mighty name. My assignment today is to talk to you about Jezebel's messenger. Say that with me. Jezebel's messenger. Amen. Uh, Turn to somebody and say, I'm not listening to Jezebel's messenger. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is this guy, Elijah. He is, man, he's a man's man, y'all. He's a man's man. Even his name, Elijah. Say that like just like that, Elijah. That's a macho man's name. Matter of fact, the prophet Elijah was as rough and tough and rugged as the mountainous region that he came from known as Gilead. He was fearless. He was tough. He was strong. But you see, tough times need a tough prophet. Tough times needs a tough prayer warrior. Tough times needs a tough worshiper. Amen. 
He was a God-called man, a God-sent man with a God-given message for a nation caught in the clutches of tyranny and idolatry. So God sends a rugged man, Elijah the Tishbite from Gilead, a rugged man to handle some harsh, rugged affairs in the country. Now, the people of the town would have probably thought him to be some kind of, uh, you know, backwoods, podunk guy, redneck, if you please, coming from the community of Tishbite. He didn't come from a famous place like Jerusalem or Jericho or Bethlehem. He was Elijah the Tishbite. You can't say that without smiling a little bit. You Tishbite. Mm -hmm. His kind was not known for their sophistication and polished diplomacy. His name means my God is Jehovah. My God is Jehovah. Every preacher that I know remembers their first message. I can remember my first message very well. I remember preaching at a youth uh, service at a church to just a handful of teenagers, uh, preaching on my very first message, He is light. I remember that. Elijah's first message was incredibly memorable. His first message was not in a youth service or some rally or, you know, just somewhere out there in, 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 at a synagogue or, or close by where a gathering of people were. No, his first message that this rugged, leather-faced prophet preached was in the palace before a man by the name of King Ahab. And so God brings Elijah to preach this message, to deliver a short message to the king. And so, you know, as they say, he got up all in his face. And this is what the prophet said. He didn't look like a diplomat. He didn't look very sharp and polished. He was rough. He was rugged. And yet, this is what he looked at, pointing his finger at Ahab. And he said, as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God whom I worship and serve, there will not be any dew or rain for several years until I say so. And he turns around and walks out. Just drops a mic and walks out. Now, you got to know some history to understand the depth of this story. Knowing the environment and the history and the religious climate of that, it helps you understand the complexity of this scene. For 60 years or more, Israel was led by an extremely wicked king, a man who had a wife that was more vile than he was. Ahab and Jezebel are tandem team of idolaters, ruthless, bloodthirsty killers and leaders. They assassinated the priest of the Lord. They killed the preachers, if you please. So here's Elijah knowing they kill preachers. And he walks in shoulders back, amen, smelling like the woods. Don't give a care and says his message and turn around and walks out. Elijah was no no limp-wristed sissy. He was no uh, 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 prophet that with a backbone of a jellyfish, but rather he had a pro- uh, uh, was a prophet with a backbone of a oak log. He was not just giving some generic word. God bless you. Be at peace, y'all. You know, have a good day. So good to see you. No, it was. It's not going to rain until I say so. Amen. He was God's man with God's message for his time. He was bold. He was uh, uh, filled with courage and. This then the Lord says, leave here and go to the brook Cherith. And I want you to stay there because the brook is going to sustain you in the famine for a while. And I'm going to feed you with ravens. Yeah. Lord, was it the Hampton Open? <laughs> Lord, surely you'd consent me to a campsite somewhere. I'd sleep in a tent. And, and ravens, you're going to feed me with ravens? You know what he did? He went and obeyed God. That's a bold faith right there. That's bold faith that he has. He's going to go and he's, he's, he's being fed by the ravens. God prepares to feed him by the ravens. And, and, and my question is, I'm thinking about this instead. Of, who does that? Bear's grill? <laughs> who does that? Those crazy survivalists, I'm going out alone in Alaska. Who does? 
does that? Somebody that obeys God who does that. Someone who has bold faith that does that. Someone that believes in God. Amen. He's, a, he's bold and he's living by a brook and birds. Hallelujah. What kind of prophet are you? I'm sustained by a brook and birds. That's all I know. And then the Lord says when the, when the brook dries up, I want you to go to a widow woman's house. In, in 1 Kings chapter 7 and verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain me. Lord, wasn't a married couple available? You want me to go take from a widow? Maybe I can sustain the widow. But I'm wondering what he's thinking. When you begin to study the biblical uh, uh, historical context of Zidon, it is perhaps the most infamous, infamous place because it is known as the birthplace of Jezebel. God sends Elijah from the, the boot camp of the brook to the training grounds of uh, 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 where Jezebel's family reside. Amen. Elijah was sent by God into hostile territory and God asked him to leave this brook and leave the birds and go to a place where I'm going to sustain you miraculously. So he arises and goes to Zarephath path and he meets a woman on the outskirts of the city who's picking up sticks and he just looks at her and he says bring me something to drink in a vessel amen I want I'm thirsty and she's she's going on to do that and, and, and as she's leaving he says oh by the way bring me a bring me a biscuit I'd like to have some biscuits Amen. I don't know if you asked for gravy or not, but I sure would want to. How about you? Uh, just water a biscuit. Just give me a biscuit. And she turns around and looks at him. She says, I only have a little bit of meal. I only have just a little bit of meal. I'm going to go bake it for me and my son, and we're going to eat it and die. And he says, hold on, hold on. What kind of character says to a widow woman who's on her last financial issues of life, all she's got is a little meal and a little water, and, and, she's, and he says, Bake me one first. That's a bold statement. Isn't it a bold statement? And then so he says, bake me one first. But what she didn't know, amen, is that the cruise of oil would not run out and the flour would not run out because God was showing his miracle working power. And so he goes from the boot camp of the brook to the training ground behind enemy territory. And he's watching all this and God's setting him up to understand things and he's learning things. But he's also learning bold faith. I believe if you'll fix me a cake first, if you'll make me a biscuit first, I believe God's going to provide. Amen. Thank God. Celebrate those people. Those kind of bold Elijahs that says, I know it doesn't look like a possible. It's possible, but I'm going to believe it to be possible. Somebody say amen. amen. So for a period of time, the oil sustained and the flour sustained and they were sustained. But as time went on, the widow's son got sick and died. Doesn't this read like 2020? For some of you, it reads like the last four years. I'm in front of, I'm doing God's will. I'm living like I'm supposed to be living. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. I'm preaching the word. I'm declaring the word. I'm speaking in faith. I'm speaking it as a so. I'll go over and survive. You, you're going to throw me into a crisis? I'll live through it. I'll eat me some raven junk and, and drink a little bit of brook water. And if that's not bad enough, I'll go take and, and get something from a widow woman. God's going to sustain me. I'm going to make it. Amen. Come on. That'd be a testimony, wouldn't it? Then the sun dies. What next, Lord? 
But you know what the prophet does? He goes and he lays on the son and breathes into him and the boy comes to life. So we find that God is doing the miraculous. Left and right, God is doing the miraculous. And then the next thing is that he goes to the king and he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a Super Bowl of gods. We're going to have a showdown between Jehovah and idols. Amen. We're going to find out who is God. If the Lord is God, will you serve him? And if Baal be God, we'll serve him. Look at 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 19. Thank you, Lord, for your help. 1 Kings 18 and 19. Now therefore sin and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal for 450 and the prophets of the groves 400 which did eat at Jezebel's table. I want you to go get Jezzy's. Can I just say Jay-Z's? I'm going to go get Jezzy's private worshipers. I want you to get her idolatrous worship team, bring them 450 and 400 of the groves, bring them that sit at Jezebel's table. Jump down to verse 21. And Elijah came into all the people and said, how long halt you between two opinions? Standing on top of Carmel. I'm going to tell you what, this guy is ruthless, bold, courageous. And he says, oh, you bunch of heathen false gods why are you halting between between Baal and between Jehovah amen how long will you halt between two opinions if the Lord be God follow him but if Baal then follow him and the people answered him not a word jump to verse 24 and call you on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire let him be God the God that answered but here's what you're going to do you're going to call out, amen, you prophets of Baal and prophets of the groves. You're going to call out, amen, all morning long, however long it takes you. You're going to, just going to cry out. And so they made an altar. They put an animal on the altar and they're crying out to Baal. Oh, Baal, come on. Come on, Baal. Would you send the fire? Here's what Elijah did. He's the original trash talker. He's standing over going, Maybe you should cry a little louder. You know, he's like Larry Bird. I'm going to shoot a shot right here over you and win the game. He said, maybe you ought to cry a little louder. Maybe, maybe you ought to, maybe, maybe your God is on a journey. Maybe your God's asleep. Maybe it's alarm clock. This is some trash talk, y'all. And to make matters worse, he even says to them when he says he's on a journey, if you look that up, that means that your God's in the bathroom. Maybe your God's in the bathroom. He's on a bathroom break and he can't answer. I mean, this, is, this takes some courage. This take, He's by himself and he's spouting it off. Come on, somebody. Hey, where's your fire now? Where's your God now? What is happening to you? And then they, 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 they couldn't do anything. He said, now y'all get out of the way. Build an altar. You know the story. Put the stones on it. Put the wood on it. Put the sacrifice on it. And then he says, that's not enough. I want you to go and get me some water. What it is is Mount Carmel is just right off the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. They went and could get all the water they needed. And they saturated the water all over the, the sacrifice and, and over the... This is a guy that has some amazing courage. He's fearless. His faith is fearless. And he is just saying, this is what God can do. Amen. Shout louder. I want to tell you, I'm about to shout now. Amen. He rebuilt the altar. He put everything in order. Amen. He baptized the sacrifice with gallons of water and in a 73 word prayer fire from glory falls it not only falls it consumes the sacrifice it consumes the wood it consumes the stones and it licks up the water all around it tell me something is that a bold step of faith that's a bold step God calls us to be bold. God calls us to be courageous. God calls us to be fearless. God calls us to be tough and rugged. When it comes to doubt and unbelief, when it comes to the things of this world, we ought to be fearless. Then he begins to pray for the rain. So he's got the brook being fed by ravens. 
He's got a widow woman whose cruise of oil doesn't run out. Meal does not run out. Fire falls from heaven. And then he begins to pray for rain. You know the story. He prays and he said, go, go look and see if you see cloud to a servant. And how many times? Seven times. The servant went out and looked. This is all happening in one day. In one day, he calls fire down from heaven. In one day, he prays and it starts to rain. Look at 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 46. First of all, he tells the king, he said, you better get out of here. It's about to rain. And look at 1 Kings 18 and 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Navy seal who? Special forces who? Track star who? This guy's outrunning a horse. Come on, bub. You don't even want to get anywhere? He's bold. He's fearless. Amen. You reflect just with me for a minute. He's fed the birds. He's preached his message. He's taking care of the widows. He's challenging idolatry. Fire falls down from glory. Water falls from heaven. He outruns the, the king Ahab. Amen. And he destroys all the false worshipers of Baal. He kills all of those, those old ugly priests. Amen. Amen. But it would appear to me in studying this that old Jesse wasn't there. Can I just stop here and say this? Too? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want to say this. Spiritual bullies don't show up when they know they're going to lose. Let me say it again. Spiritual bullies will not show up when they know they're going to lose. Jezebel knew she would be on the losing end of that. I believe she's hiding out. Amen. But look at verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. You weakling. Ahab said, honey, you'll never believe what happened. All that he did, killing all the prophets, how he slain the prophets, didn't talk about the fire falling, didn't talk about we need to straighten up and clean our house up. You're going to repent right now, woman. We're going to get right and have family altar in this place. No, no, no. He said, they killed all your, your, your praise team. They killed all your prophets. And then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if not thy life, if, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. We're talking about the cat that trash talks the prophets of Baal. And one messenger shows up. One. One messenger shows up. From Jezebel. Now, I've often wondered, why did she send a messenger? Why not send an assassin? You're really going to kill him. Kill him. But she sends a messenger. Because sometimes a messenger can do more damage to your life than even death. A messenger. Words can be spoken that can put you in a place of paralysis to where you can no longer do what God has called you to do. It's a messenger. Amen. She said, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you, but didn't kill him. Amen. And immediately something happened to this bold, fearless prophet that was calling fire down from heaven just a short time ago. He starts running. He starts running. Amen. I want to talk to you today and I realize where I'm going and I know the enemy is hitting me very hard today. Hallelujah. But I'm going to point to you the messenger of Jezebel. I want to introduce you if you don't know who the messenger of Jezebel is. The messenger of Je Jezebel is very prominent today. He is active today. He has been active at MPC. Amen. In our own lives for, for a little season now. And I feel like the Lord Lord has spoken to me and told me that we need to identify Jezebel's messenger. Let me tell you who he is. He is intimidation. He is the voice of intimidation. He is the voice that says, you're second rate. You don't have enough faith. So why pray? You, don't, you, you, don't, you can't worship good enough. Amen. Even in this service, he's been working on your mind. You don't need to raise your hands. You don't need to shout. You don't need to have that kind of move of God in your 
your life. You're not good enough. You don't have faith bold enough. You're talking about somebody that called fire down from heaven. Some of you have went through things and miracles and signs and wonders in your life. Amen. But the intimidator shows up and says, nah, why try? So by the help of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost for the next several services, for Sunday to Tuesday, Sunday to Tuesday, I'm going to be preaching about intimidation and breaking the stronghold of intimidation. I want you to be free to serve your gift. I want you to be free to do what God wants you to do. I don't want you to be intimidated by the enemy. I refuse to be intimidated. Oh, praise God. I'm not going to try to preach you the whole load today, but I want to set you up. Intimidation caused a prophet to go from hero to zero in a matter of moments. You failure. You failure. This fire calling, sacrifice consuming, nation repenting, revival leader. Amen. He just witnessed the death of 850 prophets of Baal. And yet one messenger, one, one messenger comes. I want to tell you, it is the messenger of today. It is the messenger that wants to zap you of your purpose, zap you of your destiny. Try his best to tell you you're worthless. You cannot. Intimidation. The first thing he does is he runs. Intimidation will call you to flee from your divine purpose. Can I just tell you, I believe it was God's vision for Jezebel to be taken care of by Elijah. But when intimidation comes into you, you'll say things like, I've had it, Lord. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, Lord. I'm not better than my ancestors, Lord. Do you hear the tone in his voice? That's what he's saying. He runs, and then he leaves his servant. Intimidation will cause you to isolate yourself from others. It'll cause you to go to a place where, you know, I, I'm just nothing. I'm really not worth anything. Amen. I, I really don't have anything to share. I don't have anything to add. I'm not a preacher. I'm not, I'm not this, and I'm not that. I want to tell somebody, you hear me today, that's nothing but Jezebel's messenger coming to you to make you feel less than, to make you feel as if you are defeated, to make you feel that the gift that God has put in you has been put away. Amen. It's not that. He does not want you operating in boldness, in Holy Ghost boldness. He does not want you to stand up and be a light in this hour. So let's just be quiet. Let's not say anything. Let's not do anything. Let's just shirk back. But I want to tell you today that this spirit of intimidation can be cast out. So God sends an angel. He's exhausted. God sends an angel with a whole meal. Now, boy, there's so much in this. I can't just gloss over the fact that he's under a juniper tree. You know what a juniper tree is? It's a little small bush that only has shade enough for one person. He's over here throwing his pity party. And all he had was one messenger. One one intimidation, and it led to a self-pity party. Oh. And so the Lord gives him food from an angel. He goes back to sleep, and the angel shakes him again and says, get up. You need to get in again because the journey is too great for you. And so the Lord sends him on his way uh, uh, from Jezreel to Beersheba. And he gets to the cave. In verse 9 of 1 Kings 19, look, look, look at this with me, okay? And he came thither into a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Now, God had just told him to go here. He fed him and told him to go here. And then he asked this question, what are you doing here? There's sometimes I'm thinking, God, did, did, is, is that what, what you're saying? 
look at his response, and it'll tell you what God was digging at. It wasn't the fact that he was in the wrong location. He was in the wrong spirit. Verse 10. And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, I'm only the one left. And now they seek my life. You know what that is? That is a response of the spirit of intimidation. The spirit of intimidation calls a bold raven, eating, eating from the ravens, praying for dead people to come alive, uh, crews of oil extended and meal extended and all of that. And just one messenger from Jezebel causes him to start throwing these sanctified pity parties. I, ain't, I, don't, I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and I'm not like that person and I'm not good enough. I want to tell you, God said, I called you from Gilead. I called you. You need to stand up and have some courageous, bold kind of faith amen i want to i want to submit to you today it is time for us to stand up and say i'm coming out of my cave of self-pity i'm coming out of my well if my pastor would do this then i would that's not me that's the voice of intimidation that's trying to keep you from your purpose well if i just could play better oh that's not you and you're playing it's the voice of intimidation i would teach a bible study but i'm just not qualified below Look what you have been through and what you've done. It's not just simply that you can't. It's the devil telling you, don't. Don't. You know what the Lord said? He said that to him twice. What are you doing here? And the same time, he answered with a pity party. Poor me, intimidated. Here's what the Lord said. Elijah, I know who you are, but I've got a job still left for you. You're not over. You're not finished. You're not a has-been. Amen. You're not a used-to-could. You're not a almost, almost there. Amen. I've got a plan for you. Here's what you're going to do, Elijah. I want you to go and anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And I want you to go and anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. And anoint Elisha to be the prophet in your stead and in your place. You know what God is saying to us today? Wake up, dear one. There's still more anointing that can flow out of your mouth, still flow out of your life, still flow out of your heart. There's things that God's got for you that you need to tell the intimidator, shut up, I'm not listening to you anymore. Shut up, I'm not paying attention to you anymore. You studied out the ones that Elijah anointed were the ones that killed Jezebel. Oh, Jehu, who drove furiously, drove up. And there's old Jezebel decked out, hanging out. Hey, what's up? What's up, Jehu? Flaunting herself, flipping her hair. The Bible says she had a face painted and her hair done up. Ooh, what's going on, Jehu? And the Lord, and Jehu says, who's on the Lord's side? And a eunuch raised his hand, I am. He said, throw her down and cast her out. I want to tell you, you may not even in your generation complete what God wants to be done in your family, but if you will follow the Lord, it may be your children, it may be your grandkids, but if you allow intimidation to drive you to a cave of isolation that says, I can't do it, I can't, I'm going to hang up that gift. I know I used to have the gift for this, and I used to have the gift for that. Oh, but the devil will tell you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You see, Jezebel likes to do three main things. Manipulate, intimidate, and dominate. Let me say it again. Manipulate, intimidate, and dominate. Manipulation is skillful and efficient deceit using artful and unfair and obtrusive devices 
in a secret matter in order to control working behind the scenes amen intimidation is the use of fear or coercion to force someone to submit to something that is not their will domination is the influence and the actions that causes control the power to go over somebody you see the messenger of Jezebel says things like this let me set you straight because you're wrong the messenger of Jezebel says, now you just don't, uh, 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 don't worry about serving your gift because you don't measure up. You just don't quite measure up. The message is of coercion. The message is of correction. The message is of accusation and fault finding. I want to tell you, if you're praying for revival and you're praying for a move of God and you're praying for God to move, if it comes back that it is about uh, uh, disapproval and rejection and blame, that didn't come from a heavenly messenger. That came from a Jezebel messenger. That came from intimidation. See, the messenger says, let me show you how to do it. Because you can't. You don't have the time, nor the talent, nor the expertise. The messenger of Jezebel says, don't cross Jesse. You'll get in trouble. You shouldn't do that. You're not good enough. You shouldn't do that. You're not good. How many of you have ever had a time that you said, I really feel like I'm going to go to prayer. And the voice inside of you said, what's the use? I got my hand up. Is anybody besides the pastor ever had that happen to you? What's the use? What's the use? That didn't come from heaven. That come from intimidation. The devil doesn't want you to pray because he knows what will happen if there's just one person that says, I've got the bold kind of faith. Praise God. I want to tell you, the devil is afraid of you more than you realize. Praise God. Brother John, can I borrow you for a minute? Will you come stand with me? Praise the Lord. Sister Linda, got to get Brother Larry. If you could bring him up to stand by me. Stand right here, Brother John. Amen. Just, just stand right beside me. Praise God. I want to show you this morning who the devil is afraid of. Come on, Brother Larry. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to show you today how to take care of bullies. I'm going to show you some men that do that. And I've done that on a daily basis. Come on, Brother Larry. Amen. Come over and stand by me. Praise the Lord. Watch that speaker there. Thank you, Jesus. I could pick a lot of you. But today, I'm picking these two men. Because they're so unassuming. And you don't, you know, really see. You know, they're not up front. They don't have a lot to say. But if I'm going to fight a battle with intimidation, I want these guys on my side. I want somebody that'll pray and say, God, no matter what, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to believe in you. You are still my God. I'll do whatever I can do. I'll worship however I can worship. It does not matter because I'm a child of God. I made it through. I've come through way too many things. I'm talking about an intercessor right here. You may not know it, but this is an intercessor right here. This is a man of faith that isn't turned back when the devil says, I'll, I'll, I'll put blindness upon you. Amen. So what? I can still pray. So what? I can still believe. So what? Devil, you can't intimidate me out of what God wants me to. I'm going to pray. I'll pray for my family. I'll pray for my grandchildren and they'll lead the worship team. I'll pray because I refuse the spirit of intimidation. For some of you that got ability and talents and you bury them and you've hid it behind the voice of intimidation, I want to tell you, I encourage you to go to this man and say, will you pray for me? I want this off of me. I refuse to have it. Amen. You're going to learn in the next few days that there's only one way to get rid of Jezebel's messenger. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that you cannot tolerate, you cannot allow. The only way Jezebel's message ever gets to you is 
is if you allow it to get to you. Amen. But how do you turn it back? I rebuke you to intimidation in Jesus' name. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be a shouter. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be a Bible reader. I'm going to be a Bible study teacher. I refuse to listen. I want to preach to you. I want to preach to you today. When this brother comes to church and worships the Lord, shame on those of us that have the ability to stand up to our feet, to wave our arms, and wave and shout and praise God. This brother is a testament of faithfulness and perseverance and toughness. I'm going to tell you, he's not just a tough cowboy. Horsebreaker. He's a devil breaker. I said he's a devil breaker. You want him off of your life? Go find him, my brother. Praise God. You see, he has his own trials and his own test. But the way you break it is to say, I'm not going to allow it. Not going to allow it in my mind. Stand here just for a minute. Praise God. You see, intimidation wants God's people to shut up, stay put, stay in your place. This is my buddy right over here. I've grown to love him so much. Appreciate you so much. His gift is not necessarily to stand in front of people and talk. But I got to tell, I'm going to tell what, what the Lord has done for brother. Brother John here. Last year, you know, you just look at him and tell his health was bad. The doctors said to him on two occasions, if I get this wrong, you straighten me, okay? The cancers are just roaming. The cancers of the lymph node are just roaming around. There's nothing we can do. Is that right? Here's what someone who is not intimidated by cancer does. He heard that the first time, and he went back the second time just to hear it again. <laughs> then he prayed, and he said, God, your will be done. You either heal me or take me, but I'm going to be all right. Is that what you said? Can I tell you, a year later, this is how he looks. This is his complexion. Are you tired of the intimidator? You need to tell him, get out of my home. Get out of my mind. Get out of my thoughts. Get out of my family. Get out of my church. You see, when you don't listen to the intimidator, you don't care what he says because you choose to believe that there is a God. Amen. Can I tell you, he just, he's been working with us around here and I've had to tell him, would you slow down? Would you, you okay? You're doing all right. Would you slow down? And just, just this past week or so last week, he put 50 feet of sewer pipe in the ground with a shovel. Take that devil. Take that devil. Take that devil. Thank you, brothers. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, give these two great men a hand clap of praise. Praise the Lord. Intimidation is insidious. The message is clear from the intimidator. Don't stand up. Don't take authority. Don't trust God. Don't serve your gift. Don't operate in the miraculous because you'll, you'll fail. This is a big one. Don't pray for that miracle because you'll fail. Since when are you the healer? Since when am I the healer? 
what if God doesn't heal? Well, then you take a Brother John kind of faith that says, it doesn't matter. God's going to take care of me. He's going to heal this. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to him before, amen, his miracle happened, that God's going to touch me. 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 I say that the scripture is clear. The righteous are to be as bold as lions. In case you can't tell, I am flat stirred up. We are going to break fear and intimidation off of every soul that wants liberty in this house. You watch in a few days and a few weeks, however long as it takes. I am serving notice today. I am serving notice today. I am not going to tolerate the messenger of Jezebel. That wants me to feel intimidated like I can't, like I'm less than. Amen. I believe today there's a God that says, get up, get a fresh anointing. Go anoint you a Jehu. Go anoint you a Elisha. Keep going. I want to talk to you. I would not want to just leave you hanging without a way to overcome the messenger of Jezebel. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse number 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. When the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, then look at this one word, as. 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 A roaring lion. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. He is not even a lion. He's as. The great intimidator is the great imitator. He's already been defeated. Somebody say amen. amen. Seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. All your brothers in the world, everybody's going through this. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory. Somebody say eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have suffered a while may make you, make you perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Y'all come to the music that are coming. I want to talk to you about how to defeat the voice of intimidation. Number one, recognize who's in charge. The chief step shepherd is still in charge. God is still in charge. Say that with me. God is still in charge. Corona, no corona. God is still in charge. Election, no election. God is still in charge. Job, no job. God is still in charge. Notoriety or, or obscurity. God is still in charge. That's the first thing you need to remember. Second is stay submitted to God's ordained authorities. That is, submit yourself to your elders. That's what, that's what he's talking about here. Have a humble heart. Have a humble heart. Amen. Maintain your alignment in with body. And that is working in the body. Get an arrangement. I want to tell you, the intimidator will find the isolated. Hear me. The intimidator will find the isolated. And he will try his best to destroy you. So maintain proper alignment in the body. Next, stay humble. 
do whatever it takes. The Bible says, "Under humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Whatever that looks like, stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. Humility does not, uh, our, our, the intimidator does not like humility. And then it, we need to release all of our anxiety and fear. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be self-controlled and watchful. Then he says, resist, resist him, resist in the faith, oppose him in the faith, rebel against him in the faith, resist steadfastly, be determined. If the intimidator, the, the messenger of Jezebel shows up, resist him continually every day, every day. We're going to follow throughout scriptures and see how men and women in the Bible were intimidated over and over again. But you got to break that voice. You got to break that voice. And today, I crack at it. Hallelujah. I resist it. I resist steadfastly. Stand with me, please. It says, be strong in the faith. Be strong in the faith. Amen. Something that stands out with me in this passage of Scripture, there are many things we could have went on, but it says, keep who's called us unto eternal glory. Let's keep the goal in mind. Y'all, this world and all this mess going to fade from view. 2020 will be nothing but a gleam in somebody's memory but on the streets of glory amen brother Jay we talked about this the other day there'll be no sorrow over there there'll be no need to know why over there because there won't be any pain over there there won't be any sorrow over there and just this moment just this moment this present life is but a vapor and so I choose to live in victory and not fear I choose to live in action and not intimidation God created you. Say that with me. God created me. Come on. Tap yourself. God created me. God loves me. I belong to him. I belong to him. If you've been buried in his name, you wear his name. You wear his name. Hallelujah. He's placed his gifts in you. Oh, dear one, if there ever was an hour to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it is now to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. It is now. Amen. Don't be afraid to use what you have for the glory of God and tell the messenger of Jezebel, get lost. Get lost. You're not good enough? Get lost. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a peon? Get lost. I'm a child of God. I wear his name. You can't do this well enough? Get lost. Amen. I'm just going to do it anyhow. You see, it wasn't the polish and, pro and prim and properness of Elijah that God wanted to use. It was his rugged personality. But it's that same rugged personality that the intimidator likes to get a hold of. I'm preaching to us today. I'm preaching to us today. But I've come to tell you, God's still in control. Let's move past intimidation. Amen. How are we going to overcome it? Amen. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.